everybody and welcome to episode 43 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I'm the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader. And I am Dan Alika and I am the road test editor of Auto Trader. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of innovation happens in the vehicle car industry. Yes. Some of it is really good. Yes. Some of it is really dumb. Yes. Um, sometimes I feel like automakers have very good intentions for these innovations, but maybe poor executions, or like maybe somebody at a in a boardroom had an idea and no one had the guts. had the guts to put them down because you know we're trying to create a nice supportive work environment. Or it was like some big boss and they went, well, I can't tell him that this is stupid. Exactly. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the most useless car features. Um, so Dan and I get to drive a variety of different cars almost every week. Both of us are in a new car. Um, so it exposes us to a lot of like new innovation. Some of it is like, again, mind blowing. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why did they do this? Yeah. Um, some of it is both. Some of it is both <laughs> cool. And you're also like, oh, this is like one that stands out in that regard from Mercedes. I think BMW does it too like heated and cooled cup holders. That's a very gimmicky one yeah. to me because like I just don't think it helps that much. No, it's like cool, but it's also like, you're like, eh. Yeah. How, how often are you really using this? Or it's like, what are you drinking that you're like, you're like, ooh, I better turn on my, my heated cup holder. Like maybe a paper cup, I guess. I suppose, yeah, because I'm. Oh, I always have like a like a insulated cup, so yeah. it, it stays cool or hot no matter what. And I assume that most people were like that, unless I guess you go to Starbucks and get like a paper cup. Yeah. It might be good. Anyway, so it's like it's not totally dumb, but it's a, a little bit dumb. It, that's a gimmicky one for sure. The yeah. one that I hate that I find the most useless is gesture controls. Yeah. So BMW does this, and they've they've already stopped doing this. I think. Really? Yeah, because it was such a failure. Um, so to operate certain elements of the infotainment screen you could just wave your finger around like if you wanted to increase the volume you just make a circle with your finger oh yeah and then if you wanted to like change stations or songs you would like like move your thumb to the right <laughs> but like i'm a hand i can't imagine like i don't know if you were like i don't know french and you talk with your hands a lot. Or Italian, you go like. Or this. Italian, yeah. They must be like skipping songs and cranking the volume yeah. all the time. And so our friend Sammy said that he hated it because he wasn't able to hold hands with his wife because they kept reading it as a signal. But you can't wow. turn it off either. Wow. Yeah. So it was just a stupid. No, I think you could turn it off. Oh, can you? Yeah. Okay, good. It was just a really dumb it's innovation. Just, and it, was, it, it just used a camera in like the rearview mirror. It was just mounted under the rearview mirror. But it mirror, also but... wasn't easier than just using a button no that's why it was so useless to me but i remember once having to disable it because during a review like yeah, i was doing a, a video talker. and I'm a, I'm a hand talker <laughs> and i and i was like talking and i that's also i have to do that a lot with um with like the voice commands because to wake up these systems it's usually something like mercedes it's like hey mercedes but if i am doing a video and i'm talking to the camera and i say Mercedes, sometimes that can be enough for it to think I'm trying to wake it up. You so get it's like, so upset when oh, yeah. this happens. I've seen footage How of your I face you? when you get interrupted and you, it just looks like you're going to punch it. Because it's so stupid. I hate I hate voice controls in general because A, they're super awkward to use, especially if you have someone else with you in the car. But then also, they barely work. Yeah, and the big one for me, uh, I don't hate 
I don't use voice commands, but I but I also don't hate them, and I know a lot of people out there do. The one that bothers me the most is the fact that voice commands won't work with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Those both have voice control, but it's separate from the main system. So you can't, for example, if you want to switch between, like, I don't know, let's say you go to the to the radio, you know, the radio interface and you switch to a different station. You can't use voice command to say, take me back to Google Maps. It yeah. will not do that. You can't even say, take me back to Apple CarPlay. It does not, for whatever reason, those those systems don't, they don't talk together. to each other. And that to me is like it defeats the purpose of of having them Absolutely. Both. And before they used to be even worse because to trigger them or to get your command, you'd have to use an extremely specific set of words. Um now hey, you. now hey. they're a little bit better because they're trying to mimic uh, natural human speech a little bit better. Mm. So you could say something like, hey, BMW, it's hot in here. And they'll like turn up the air conditioning or but something. But you know what bothers me about that is like, I get it. They're trying to, you know, these engineers are like simplifying things, but it's like, that's such a dumb one too, because it's yep. like, all it's going to do is lower the temperature by like one degree at a time. So then you have to be like, hey man, it's still hot. <laughs> and then the car is going to go down another and you're like, Still, still too hot. I'm sweating. And then it's going to keep going down like one degree yeah, at a time. But also... It, hold on. In that time, you could just reach down and I turn the, the temperature dial. So none of these things are easier than just using a button. And I so hate it. It's silly. so useless. Um, it's over-engineering at its finest. And I hate that. Like when something yeah. works well already, you don't need to re-engineer it yeah. to make it better. We should also talk about, speaking of like all the useless versions of gear selectors like push button and rotary dial and all that and it's like whatever happened to i understand the okay on the bright side shifters these days like automatic gear selectors there's no more shift linkage in in a lot of modern vehicles it's all shift by wire that's freed up both a lot of space it's why you're getting pass-throughs under center consoles and massive console bins that part I love. But what I don't love is instead of just sticking with some version of like a T selector like you used to use, it's like spin this dial, push this button. Yeah. Or even like Mazda has something that kind of looks like a selector, but it rocks, you pull it back, it stays in the same position. And then someone was telling me, I won't name them, apparently, well, <laughs> they told me they told me that this is a common thing and I don't know if they were just saying that to kind of like you know not feel as as foolish but like in the Mazda CX90 which uses this like rocker style system but then it's a separate button for park yeah so he thought that he put it in park by shifting it forward got out of the car and had put it in reverse <gasps> and it started to roll back and he had to like run into the vehicle and like put his foot on the brake yeah that shouldn't be happening that's um, so crazy to me it's like that remember that actor i can't remember his name but that actor got hit and killed by his own his own vehicle yeah, because it had right. a rotary dial and he and he thought he had put it in park i guess and didn't and got out to like check his mailbox and and it ran him over it's like you i'm not saying it absolutely wouldn't happen with a conventional gear selector you know what i miss the most 
column shifters. I love that. They're so satisfying to you use. You just wanted to fist just, pump. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It feels oh, like you... you're playing slots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. When I was a kid, that was one of those things that I, like, it's, you know, it was like, I can't wait until I yeah. until I get to, like, do that the first time. But you they know? were also so user-friendly because yeah. you can just, the muscle memory, you count, yeah. you know, you, you move it down three, you're good to go. A lot of these newer systems kind of just leave it up to you to double check that you've made the right selection. Yeah. Um, and these things should be way more user-friendly than they are. Yeah. It's, it's wild, like, how many different iterations exist today. It's so, now, then I see, like, so Hyundai has started to use a kind of version of a column gear selector where it's just a stick that juts out of the column and then you twist the end of it to like put and then push a button to hit park, which is still not great, but it's, but it's better. And it also frees up all of that room. So if you look in the new Kona, even though it's gas powered, uh, and the new Hyundai Santa Fe gas powered, but it has this EV inspired column mounted gear stick that uh first launched in the ionic five so it's not a bad thing that's the again like the 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 other side of these systems now is they free up so much console space but then you look in like lincoln and it's these stupid the buttons buttons that are just like who thought of this and how do you still have a job <laughs> wow like <laughs> It is so. I would I mean, love the Honda to know Accord the logic. Also had that for a while, and it was roasted. Nobody liked it. Yeah, it's just I don't know an Acura's version. And then you get into vehicle like Genesis too. I drove the GV60 again recently, and there's this crystal sphere that flips over when you turn it on, and then it rotates so it flips over into this dial. Dial. But then there is an identically sized dial on the console to run the infotainment system. So if you're trying to do anything at a without looking, I can't tell you the number of times I like felt with my, even though it's a different dial, it's still like you feel down there. You're like, oh, my hands are on so the close dial. Together, yeah. And I would like go to spin it to put it in reverse. And I'm like, no, I just moved the cursor across the infotainment screen. Like, it's nonsense. It's happened to me a bunch. It's very frustrating. Um, another thing that I've noticed a lot is automakers really love reinventing the humble door handle. Oh, my God. And this is really frustrating to me because it only has one job. It's to open the door. And so recently I was in a, a Lexus. I don't remember which one it the was. NX. The NX. Yeah. And usually when you open a door, the handle pops out. Easy peasy. This one, you have to squeeze a trigger inside the handle and the handle doesn't actually move itself. I had to explain to every single person how to use that before they got in. Our production editor, Andy Lynn, owns an NX and they left the stickers inside the doors that are there when, here's, here's my thing. I always say, read the owner's manual uh, when you buy a vehicle because it's important, there's lots of good info in there, and you should familiarize yourself with the vehicle. If something has been so over-engineered that someone at that car company went, we better put stickers inside so that they know what to do That's the first time they me. get, that is a huge failure. From You're user, admitting yeah. that you messed up. Yeah, and so I, I know why they did this, it was to enable a certain safety feature called like safe exit assist, where it'll s prevent you from opening the door if it sees there's a cyclist coming or another vehicle. But other automakers have been able to, to enable this feature without reinventing the door handle. Yes. 
I just think it's such a stupid innovation. It is. It, it's just bad. And, and yeah. even the door handles, like flush door handles, I don't even like those. No. All of it is dumb. The, and <laughs> Because the problem is, like, I drove the um, GV60 and it has those flush mounted door handles. And they're supposed to pop out when you approach the vehicle. But half the time it doesn't work. Especially if you, like, I don't know, let's say you start walking towards it and they pop out and then you turn around because you forgot something or whatever and then you walk back to the car they don't pop out again and it's like come on man like this is annoying and then we also live in canada where your whole car can get encased in ice yeah it's not strong enough to break that ice and then the other thing what happens is when they malfunction completely so one time i was driving a polestar one so yes. like that fancy one it was like a six-figure car very expensive um, the, the handle wouldn't come out and I said like, hey, I called the guy, I'm like, how am I supposed to get into the car if the handle is malfunctioning? He was like, you have to crawl in through the passenger side and climb over the center console. I would have just left the car and been like, how about this, buddy? Can you imagine? You come deal with, with this If issue. you purchased that car for a hundred grand and you were crawling in through the passenger side like some kind of idiot. That's nonsense. That is I so mean, embarrassing for them. That's also like... When you see, you know, the whatever Kia Nero EV has the charge port on the front of the vehicle and it's this flimsy plastic door and I'm like, clearly they never brought this to like, you know, northern Canada for a lot of OEMs will test in like Churchill, Manitoba because it's so cold and to me, if you drove in Churchill, Manitoba and then went to charge the vehicle, you'd be like, oops, like can't pop that door open with all the snow and slush on the front of it like better move it the other one is you know situational put the charge port on an ev curbside don't put it on the driver's side where if you're at i saw it when i was in la they have all of these handy ev charging like public parking like street parking spots but i saw all these chevy bolts that people had to like drag the cord yep. across the hood and like have it resting on the hood while it was plugged in. That's just dumb. Yeah. That is so stupid. For our roads, that doesn't make sense at all. It is nonsense. Like what, you know, what is it you'd see gas doors on different sides depending on the, the usually depending on the home market of that vehicle, yeah. right? So it's like a vehicle that was developed in a market where, you know, right-hand drive was a thing the fuel door is on the right side of the vehicle because that's, you know, you're going to get out and it's on the closest side. So they don't switch the fuel door for the North American market where it's left-hand drive and vice versa. I get that a little bit, but like with EVs, it just doesn't, it's, it's insane to me that these engineers didn't think like, oh, we better put this where it's most convenient. Yeah. Like, also where people are used to fueling up. <laughs> Yeah, like Very hiding weird. them in random places. The over-engineering <laughs> of EVs, we could do a whole episode oh, that's true. On, on all of the silly things that get thrown. Like Volkswagen. Oh, this is a good one. Volkswagen with the ID4 has that like, you know, I don't know what you'd call it. Let's call it the butt start where you get in the car and that's how it turns on. There's no like ignition switch. Oh, yeah. It's a seat sensor but then and this is a very specific complaint you know as someone who takes photos of of cars all the time but it's like then every time you get out of the car it turns off and you can't 
there's no way to just be like, I want it on with the headlights on. You just on gotta so throw can... a bag of rice on your seat. Oh my god, it's so. <laughs> and to me, that seat is is just the type of thing that is going to fail after yeah. seven years, and you're gonna be like, now what? I get the I get the convenience of that, but again, if it's something that you have to explain to somebody, it kind of just also, it what's the point? Are we sitting here saying like, you know what's really inconvenient when I go to drive? Having to push the on button. <laughs> like, know. you know, know what I hate about watching TV? Picking up the remote. Like, get out of here. Nobody said that ever. <sighs> You're choosing to do something and you understand that like there's an action that needs to proceed driving. Yeah. And that is like hitting a button that says start. Like, oh boy. Thanks Volkswagen engineers. You, you shaved that 0.2 seconds off of my morning commute, and it went so much more smoothly as a result. Yeah, that's very silly. Like, God, you guys are idiots. <laughs> wow, <laughs> savage. Um, I hope they're not listening to I this hope podcast. they are. Get <laughs> They'll a learn a lesson, maybe. Get not a grip to engineer on reality. Like, Here's one that I thought was very stupid, but you kind of liked. So there's certain minivans that have a microphone that you can speak to the back seat. No, I just like those for like how stupid they are. Oh, okay. Because a van is not a big no. space. Yeah. I don't know. Even my voice, I don't think it carries that far. I'm pretty sure I could talk to someone in the in the back seat and not have to raise my voice. Yeah, no, I, I it is useless. And then like, you'd, it, you'd have to activate it by swiping through some pages, tapping yeah. a button, and then saying something. Now, the, the, the in-vehicle cameras, I understand for keeping an eye on the kids in the yeah. back when you're driving. You can see what they're up to, uh, especially with babies. I understand, like, you know, it is a good a good safety thing but yeah the the vo like the microphone is what dumb. kind of low talker is driving around that they can't speak to their kids in the but third can row? you imagine like tap 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 quiet down yeah. back there <laughs> like it's so it doesn't make any sense but the cameras do i get i, I the cameras those. are good um yeah. especially the ones for the rear seat but bmw has one it's like they called it a selfie camera so it, it's located kind of like where the sos buttons are um i thought it was really stupid because like everyone has a phone like, why would you need a selfie camera in a car? The only the only thing that I thought might be useful is that if someone steals your car, then you can maybe use that footage and send it to the police? Yeah, maybe? I, I guess. I just, yeah, it does seem how, like, I don't know, how how conceited do you need to be that you're, like, better, oh, I'm at this red light, better snap a quick selfie. But it's also way faster just to do it with your phone than going Jody, through these menus. you should not touch your phone while you're driving. No, I know, but even if it was God. a passenger... I don't touch my phone when I'm on the road, but it's it's dumb. When you're on that, the road with an auto trader, that's also why I think TikTok integration or like social media integration into cars is very stupid. I I think that there's a certain you know onus on these companies. Like yes, of course they're trying to give customers what they want, right? But like there's a responsibility that they have to do. It's like you know not allowing movies to be watched on the on the center screen or like if there's a passenger side screen having it so that it it is almost like you can't see it mm -hmm. from the driver's seat that responsibility exists this integration of you know and yeah okay it's software it can be removed but it's like who if tiktok goes away tomorrow what a waste of of time and money and and effort to integrate this stupid useless app but, but to me you already have it on your phone yeah. and it'll be way easier. I suppose if you're sitting at a charging 
station. And you can just be scrolling on your phone. Yeah, but if you, I don't know, have it on a bigger screen. I don't know. That whole thing to me sounded really dumb. I'm not defending it. I just like, I sort of understand the logic behind it. What else we got? Um, well, I mean, Tesla has a bunch of really dumb ones. Oh. Um, like they have a, like a fart simulator which i thought was so juvenile <laughs> it doesn't make any sense they also have a, a romance mode where it will show you a fire on the on the center screen and like lower the lights yeah that's creepy i think it's weird and very useless like i don't if i don't know i mean come on this is from a, a brand you know run by a man child who put gullwing doors on an suv yeah i mean and how many times have those malfunctioned you see stories all the time <laughs> yeah. of people being like i can't get the doors open yeah. in my model x they do have some good ones like i like their sentry mode i thought was really cool and that's something that a whole bunch of other automakers are trying to kind of copy because it's useful because their cars are getting stolen i suppose that, I mean, oh we didn't talk about this in the last episode and we really should have and i just talked about that onus on on oems so pretend that you're still listening to the last episode where we <laughs> talked about auto theft. Automakers need to do more. This is ridiculous. Cars are being stolen all the time. Sentry mode and that sort of stuff, it's cool. But, like, why not just, just engineer the vehicles to make it harder for them to be stolen in the first place? Because half the time, what, you're not going to be like, oh, my God, like, that's Jody Lai from Auto Traders stealing my car. It's like some random person with a yeah, ski mask. I know. So sentry mode, all you get to do is watch it happen and be like, well, there it goes. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess the only thing that's helpful is that, like, you might be able to give that to the police. But, but what even, are the cops going to do? No, I know. You you're, you make a very good point is that they mm -hmm. should just make cars harder to steal in the first place. I can't believe it. It's the Hamburglar. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, I don't, it just doesn't make sense. Why, who cares? These cameras, like, they're, they're okay, but it's just like, the automakers should be making it harder for the vehicles to be stolen, not easier for you to watch it being stolen. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's my point. Anyways, let's get back to the other episode where we talk about useless car features. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. They're... Some of them are useful, but I never use. So, okay. for example, those fancy, like, parking assistants, I never use them. Yeah. But I understand that they might be helpful. I have just never found it very useful. Yeah, for people who can't parallel park, I think they're good. I always, like, I'll test them out just to kind of make sure that... I remember one time testing a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee years ago, and it just, like, the system wouldn't Sometimes work. Sometimes they just refuse so to work. So I test them to see how they do. But yeah, I don't use them for actual like park. I also don't use like the backup cameras when I park because to me, you should be able to do it with just using your mirrors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I understand the kind of cool one is that BMW um, like. It like helps you retrace your steps. Yeah. So basically, and I mean, this is like, go figure. It It's really handy for like Europe where you have these narrow laneways and stuff like that. So what it'll do is you have to drive yourself, you know, down this narrow laneway or whatever, and then you can engage this system that can retrace in reverse exactly what you did for like some big number, like 300 feet. Mm -hmm. So if you pull up this narrow laneway and then you're nervous about backing out, you can just engage the system and the car will do it for you. I see the benefits of it. I just think it's dumb. Yeah. I mean, even that feature where Hyundai, um, and I think Genesis has cars like this, and maybe even some of the German brands where you could you use your the key Germans. fob. The Germans. Yes. You can use your key fob 
to move your car while you're outside. Oh my God, I can finally tell. So I agree with you. So Hyundai calls it Smart Park. Smart Park. And it is, yeah, it's really dumb because all you can do is like move the car 20 feet at the most. Forwards I don't even know. Backwards. Yeah, in a straight line, it will steer subtly. So if you're standing beside the car, it will kind of like slowly nudge its way around you, but it won't like make a, a sharp left or a sharp right. There's two arrows on the key fob, forward and reverse. Uh, I agree. I've never found it that impressive. I just don't see the use case. Here it is. Okay. So I, I was returning the GV60 and I pulled up out front of Media Fleet, our friends at Media Fleet, uh, run the, the press fleet for Genesis. And so I parked out front and my car was out front. And then I went in and I was chatting and then they're like, oh, do you want to just leave the key here? And that way you can just get in your car and go. I was like, yeah, you don't, ha I won't have to come back in. So I went out, I swapped all my stuff over. And then I was like, oh my God, I, I parked too close. I can't get out. Cause I kind of blocked myself in oh. with the GV60. And then Anissa from, from Media Fleet, she was like, here. And she tosses me the fob and she goes, use Smart Park. And I was like, oh my God. So I did it and I, you know, freed myself from the, okay. I, I freed my Volkswagen from so the parking spot. So it did come in handy. But that's the only time yeah. I've ever used it and went, this is cool. But I also feel like that's not something that regular people would have to deal with. That's like a no, problem this was a very, very specific, specific yes, to our of job. Course, of course. <laughs> But uh, maybe if you park next to like a like a wall or something. Yeah. Or somebody if you go to the mall, let's say, you know, it's oh. it's the holidays and it's packed and you get kind of boxed in and, and you have no. But again, it's like, how often is that is right. that happening? Right. Are maybe, there... you know, Polestar could use that feature because apparently you get frozen out of the, the doors. But I still wouldn't be able to get in. I can move the car forwards and backwards but it, i still wouldn't be able to get in through the driver's side no but i'm saying if you were parked like awkwardly and you couldn't access the passenger oh. door and you're like well at least i have this and i can pull the car out otherwise you're totally trapped that whole situation was just ridiculous i know i just wanted to bring it up again yeah i know anything um, else i don't know i feel like there's so many yeah i mean well let's open it up if any of you have any useless car features that you'd like to share with us you can email us at expert at trader.ca um, and before this week's Ask an Expert, here's a message from the good folks at AutoTrader. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging, so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. Today's Ask an Expert comes to us from Joe. He asks, what is the most effective way to keep my windows from fogging up? Jody? Well, I assume that you're asking about when it happens in the winter, when you get in and your windows get foggy um, because you're breathing, which, is, which increases the humidity, and that reacts with the cold, which means your windows get foggy. Very counterintuitive, but what you want to do is turn on your air conditioning at full blast and point the vents at the windows. Don't turn on your heat right away, which is, I know what you want to do because it's cold, 
but run the air conditioning and that's what will help defog your windows faster yeah and then there was i think another question somebody else asked about um warming up your your vehicle yep nilon asks are there tricks that can warm up my car faster without me needing to buy a new car <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> some of it can be as simple as you know if your vehicle is a little older it might come down to like a bad sensor um you know having your like cabin air filter changed you know that thing could be clogged up and that could be causing issues with with warming the cabin the one thing i will say and i've had this rant before and i'm gonna do it again i know what's coming stop using remote starters people <laughs> they're terrible like they are awful unless you drive an ev and you want to precondition the cabin where it's not you know, spewing harmful pollutants for no reason whatsoever. If you drive a gas-powered vehicle, don't use remote start. It's lazy. It actually takes longer to warm up the vehicle than just driving for a few minutes. It's got to sit outside for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, just to get a little bit warm. But if you just drive for like three minutes, you're going to be good to go. It is, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, this is a useless car feature. That's I should true. have mentioned it. Automakers... It is despicable that remote starters, and I've had this conversation with my friends, and they're like, well, you know, for my wife and kids, like, come on, man. Like, this is not okay. We're already dealing with, you know, the effects of climate change. And sure, you might think, oh, it's it's only, you know, it's only a couple minutes in my driveway. But it's like, if thousands of people are doing this mm -hmm. across the country, and I see it all the time, not even in winter. I see it in summer. Why? I'm like, what are you doing? That's this is weird. lazy. It's despicable. I really yeah. hate remote starters. They, It is awful. Doesn't it also increase the chances of your car just getting stolen? No, because you need the fob in the vehicle to drive it away. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I should say yes. <laughs> so Guys, if you run your, if you do remote start, your car is guaranteed to get stolen. Stop using it. I hate it. I hate it. That's a good ad to oh this my episode, God. actually. It is the worst. And then automakers make it easier. So like... Before, it's like if you would buy a Subaru and like, you know, you'd have to have a trim that came with it or or have it installed at the dealer. Again, I've said this before, don't have them installed aftermarket, but even so. And then the, the Subaru went to like a, a telematic system where you could control the vehicle with your phone. Mm -hmm. And now you can remote start it from your phone, which means you can do it from further away. People are remote starting their cars from anywhere. When they don't need what to. What a dumb dumb invention i hate it <laughs> send us an email if you disagree with me tell me why tell me the actual benefit not oh i gotta put my kids in the car and they need to be like get over it man I mean, your kid's gonna be all bundled up yeah. in a anyway. if you're putting your kid in the car in nothing but a diaper that's on you man warm up your car by driving it look at how heated he oh, gets about this i'm heated like a like a warmed vehicle after remote starting i know <laughs> this this always gets you really riled up i find it so entertaining nonsense and everybody that tried my buddies were like oh if it keeps my my wife and kids happy i'm gonna do it grow a pair man how about that <laughs> those will keep you warm too i've never seen him get oh, this animated before so <laughs> there's your outrageous. warning don't use remote start yeah uh, thank you, Joe and Nilan, for your questions. If any of you have questions that you would like to ask Stan or I, you could email expert at trader.ca. That wraps up this episode on that very angry note. Um, drive safe, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>